by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. This show is every Thursday right here on Seattle Sports Station 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court, and I'm with my man, Paul Moyer. It's nice to see you, man. Well, it's good to see you as well, and I've I've spent a lot of time here at the Bellevue Mall and throughout my, my <laughs> lifetime, spent a lot of money, that's for sure. So my first time, this is a great setup. We've got an unbelievable stage this presented by Bellevue Collection. If you don't know Bellevue Collection, it's part of the Lincoln uh, Square Mall. Mall also uh, the collection here at the Bellevue Square. So um, big, big production, massive restaurants, uh, towers here for for condos, you, you name it. So um, they've done quite the job here of, of creating an atmosphere for us. And uh, my first time doing a show on a couch as well. We're on a couch. We're lounging yeah. right now. Yes, we're lounging. Good. We're in the middle of the mall. It's a good scene right here. But. Uh, why are we here? Talk a little football. Oh, thank goodness. Man, we got, you know who's coming in town. First, let's set the stage. Who's R- Russell's, Russell's gone. <laughs> Bobby's gone. All right, this is a new football team. Ken Norton is gone. You got Clinton Hurd at the OC spot. You got Carl Scott coming in. You got Sean Desai on one side of the football. Shane Waldron entering his second year as the offensive coordinator. A lot of change going on with this football team. And uh, the focus has been the quarterback position. We're going to see a nice little matchup on Monday, Paul. Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be huge. I mean, there's a lot of talk. You know, do you boo Russell Wilson? Do you cheer him? I'm just going to get out of the way. I think you cheer him initially. It just... You know, he did a you lot. Cheer, with, you cheer him during pregame warm-up. When he first walks out. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, cheer, a little, you know, splattering of, of, of applause. But, man, it's competition. He, right. He's the enemy now. He wanted to be traded. Uh, he went to another team. He's 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 the enemy now, and and you got to treat him like the enemy once the game starts. Um, I'm looking forward to this because I'm I'm curious to see what kind of team we have. I, we don't know yet. We didn't play really. We didn't play 13 starters for the most part through preseason. And a lot of people were frustrated, you know, maybe how the the preseason went. But we're trying to get one who is going to play. Two got to get these young guys ready yeah. to go, and we're going to be counting on young guys. So I don't know. We may go 17 or no, and we have no <laughs> idea. But we also may be one of those. Hey, look, we're just got to take baby steps right now. I mean, we're so young, with with a good nucleus. Uh, what I call up the middle, you know, with the safeties. I think our middle linebacker on defense. I think we're going to be much better offensively than people think because I think our offensive line is going to gel. Um, we got a lot of depth there. We got great running backs great receivers the question mark is going to be on the quarterback but i just don't believe that at the end of the day we're going to say the reason why we won and lost is because of the quarterback right everybody's got to do their job we've got talent and it's going to be interesting to see how these young guys respond to regular season because you know it's much different than preseason but we've got talent we've got good youth speed uh, I think guys who love to play football, and that's something that we needed to get back to, get guys who just they live and die by by the game. Um, so I'm curious. I, nobody knows. Nobody we don't know. No, it's um, it's sad to see these guys go, right? It's sad to see some of the change that's happening, but it's also refreshing to see these new guys coming in. And you combine them with the old guys, with the DKs, with the Lockett, with Rashad Penny, see if he can prove himself. And then this offensive line, you got two rookie tackles that are going to start. You got one tackle, Charles Cross, who we're going to talk to a bit later. You also have Abe Lucas, go Cougs, my guy who uh, grew up <laughs> down in Everett, went to Archbishop High School. Yep. He's playing there, but you talk about the middle, and I focus on the middle of the field when it comes to the offense. The middle, you got 
got Austin Blythe, right? He's a new guy here, but he's been in this league for a while. He can play. You got Damian Lewis. You got Gabe Jackson. You got Geno. Lots of pressure on Geno. You're following the greatest quarterback in Seahawk history, but we'll see what he can do. And then in the backfield, you got some veterans in Rashad Penny. And DJ Dallas, I got to show him some love right now. He had one of the best preseasons two years in a row uh, for a backup running back. Well, I think this we have two years now where our draft picks have been, I, I think, exceptional, and we're going to count on them, both last year, and we're going to count on these guys this year. I mean, there's, we're going to start, it looks like, three rookies. One at quarter, uh, at cornerback, which, um, you know, that is... A little nervous? That, well, it's... His skill set's ridiculous. He's sick, I'm talking about Woolen. Um, he's six foot four. The guy ran a four two. You know, we just round it down. Four two forty in the combine. Um, he's a physical guy, uh, but he played. You know, in a conference that didn't have maybe the greatest competition. So it's a jump. Now he was phenomenal in preseason through practice and really the second and third preseason game. Even the first game, but he the, the first drive. You know, he he had a couple mistakes. Gifted, oh man, there's no question about it. But man, the regular season, I, I don't doubt he has the ability to play. What I'm, my, what I'll be looking for is he's going to have some moments where he struggles. Right. He may get beat deep. He, I, I it's going to be hard to beat beat him deep. Four two. He may get beat on a well, not any six four. Right. And he, no one pulls away from DK Metcalf does not pull away from him in practice. So his speed is real. But it's the, I gave up a 20-yard out. Maybe I blew an assignment. How do you recover it? Because the plays are so magnified during the regular season. Every play is critical. In preseason, it's not. And so I always look at rookies. You're going to get beat. You're going to struggle. But how do you respond to that? And so hopefully we get off to a good start there. I think both offensive tackles are going to do fine. And because we're going to run the football. And they both... I think we'll do well there, even though I thought Charles Cross was is gifted and easy at pass um, um, protection as I've seen. I mean, he is really good. And by the way, we got him here live at 8 p.m. It's, that's going to be a fun interview. Yeah, so we talk about these rookies on offense and on defense. And then on defense, we got a new scheme that we're going to see. We're going to see a 3-4 defense. That means three down linemen, four linebackers. But typically, you're going to see one of those backers walk up to the line of scrimmage. What I like about this new look, Paul, is that it allows these outside backers to be dynamic. You have to have dynamic guys to play this 3-4 defense on that on those outside backers. Last year, too many times Moyer, I saw 98 in the coverage. 90 something. Whenever 90-something is dropping in the coverage, that's no good for football, right? We don't want to see that, but with this new defense, we're going to see Muchina um, Nwosu drop in the coverage. We're going to see Daryl Taylor drop in the coverage, but we're also going to see them get after the quarterback. The way the league has moved to, okay, we're going to throw the football a lot. you got to have guys on that second level who can do multiple things. I like where this defense is going. Well, I liked how we just did pass coverage. Right. We weren't spot dropping like we've done the last few years. I, I just don't believe that you can play that type of defense anymore. You can do it on occasion, um, but this game is a quick game, right? So you better crowd things early, and so you want to make a zone look a bit like man-to-man where you're passing guys off. A lot of pattern recognition, and something I saw through preseason that we didn't do at all last year. Our Achilles heel on defense the last three or four years was play action, bootlegs, and particularly deep crossing routes. Man, I mean, through the preseason, we actually knew how to play those, and we played them tight, and so that was refreshing. Uh, I love us going to a 3-4 because it is easier to find guys who are 6'3", 250 that can run than guys who are six foot four, 300 pounds that can come off the edge. That's, yeah. th- those are pretty darn rare. And then, as you mentioned, what will be different this year is, look, you can't drop 
defensive ends and don't covers, do it. man. I mean, they're do not it. they're not in pass defense. You know, they they don't understand pattern recognition and how to look up receivers and read a quarterback. You're just you basically might as well just throw a dummy bag out there and say, I hope you don't throw it to this one. Three hundred pounders aren't meant to be in space. No, they're not. Put them in the box. And so now you got Jamal Adams who's gonna play more in the box this year, I believe, than last year. We played him more in the cover two as a safety. I've always said this, it's not that he can't do it. He can. It's just that's not his strength. His strength is in run defense, in the box, and the box just means around, in between the tackles or around the tackles, the, the line of scrimmage, um, and coming and bringing him off the edge. And so now you're going to have two outside linebackers. You're going to have Jamal Adams. You don't know who's going to come and, and blitz and drop into cover. So it just gives them a lot more weapons from a schematic standpoint. And I think we brought some innovative coaches as well. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm really excited defensively what we can do. And I think we're going to be much better offensively than people think. All right, before we break, we got to talk about this real quick. The quarterback position, Russell is gone. He wanted out. He wants to go to Denver. You send him to Denver. You get Drew Locke to replace him. You also get Noah Fant. And you get Shelby Harris, right? Drew Locke, not here to replace him, but he was part of that deal. Gino won this job. And I think Gino won this job because, one, he took care of the football. He knows this system, and Pete Carroll trusts this guy. I feel bad for Drew Locke because he got COVID when he was going to get that start. Missed five or six days. He's behind the eight ball. He comes out. Seems like he forced a couple passes, through some interceptions. Just didn't look good. Did you expect anyone other than Gino Smith to be the guy? Or did you think maybe Drew Locke had a chance to win this? Well, when I saw the mock game that we did before preseason, uh, Drew Locke impressed me. I, he was, well, one, he's tall. He's six foot four. He he could see over linemen. He had some nice checkdowns. He worked all sides of the field. He worked the left side, crossing routes, checkdowns, hit the middle as well on, on some deep passes. So to me, look, he's got this skill level. I mean, he can flat out spin the football. It's just the, it's the critical decision-making that he's got to get better at. And I think, well, I know, look, Pete believes we can win with defense, running the football and we're going to be good on both of those and having a quarterback that you know takes what the defense gives them don't don't take sacks i mean russell again god bless him love him you know he led the league darn near every year in sacks you can't tell me the offensive line was the worst in the league every single year that's just not the case and we're going to find out monday very quickly real quick is it was it the offensive line or is it russell on the sacks I think, you know, Russell was probably about half of that. And so I, we're not going to be in as bad of situations. I don't think we're going to come up second, 17, third, and 14. Now, at the same time, if we do get in those situations, Russell had he had a way of getting getting through that. He could make the big play. But I, So it's going to look different because we're going to be more manageable situations, which I think Gino's more than capable of handling. You know what? That's a great thing. We will see real soon Paul Moyer on Monday. But when we return, we'll get a opponent preview from Kyle Newman from the Denver Post. That's right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday at 7 on Seattle Sports 710 Casting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. And now we get to talk to Denver Post, Kyle Newman. Kyle, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks Thank for um, for for being on with us, man. First question I have for you: When Denver found out that this trade was going through and you were going to have Russell Wilson, what was the vibe like over there in Colorado? Oh, it was hysteria, mania, mayhem. I mean, 
guys, it's been six long years since Super Bowl 50, six years of not going to playoffs, five, five losing seasons in that time frame. You know, the Vic Fangio era, not kind to Broncos country around here with, with three straight seasons out of the playoffs and the offense struggling to score 20 points a game. Well, all of a sudden, you know, one day in March, that all changes. And George Payton, of course, he's been wheeling and dealing since, uh, 2020, early 2021, as the Broncos GM, you know, he brings in Nathaniel Hackett. Now, now Broncos got Russell Wilson, and it's a it's a reset expectations out here, guys. I mean, it went from the last few years of hey, maybe they can possibly scrap something together to this team should make the playoffs and this team should make a deep run in the playoffs. That's the expectation around here. And as we're going into you know week one, this highly anticipated homecoming for Russ in Seattle expectations are even higher it seems like around Doug Valley well that's awesome you guys have high expectations and Russell hit the ground running I, what I really want to know is has less ride has that caught on <laughs> over there in Colorado <laughs> what's up with that you know I think uh Broncos fans are smart enough to know it's, it's his latest catchphrase you know it's the Denver version of go Hawks right but uh yeah I think it's kind of catching on now of course they haven't lost a game haven't gone through any adversity yet so it's right. still all peaches and cream with this new coaching staff with Russ and you know I think obviously Russ Russ's kind of persona and especially his persona at the, at the podium his kind of coach speak if you will I know that rubs people the wrong way a little bit up there in Seattle but it's not it's not rub, rubbing anybody wrong quite yet down here in Denver seeing as you know, they're, they're welcoming, welcoming a Hall of Fame talent after, you know, last year at this time it was who's going to win the job, Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, and now they got uh, probably a future Hall of Famer helming things. And on a long-term deal here uh, in Denver through 2028, George Payton's latest and greatest move, we'll see how great it is over the life of the contract, but certainly uh, those within Dove Valley are pretty hyped that that deal got done. Well, I don't want to make this all about Russell, but it's it's obviously big news. And, you know, for them to set it up for the first game on Monday night, uh, it's it's going to be pretty electric. And, hey, look, we had a great 10-year run with him. And I, there's been some rumors that, you know, the Seahawks thought it, maybe some of his skill had diminished. I, I think it has to do more with the Seahawks felt there was a way to win, and Russell felt there was another way to win. So with that being said, what you, I've heard some rumors that there's a different player-coach relationship between Hackett and Wilson, and some have referenced it as more of a partnership rather than a coach-player. What, what's your take on that? What have you heard? Yeah, I think you hit it right there in, on the head. I mean, in Seattle, Russ and Pete Carroll obviously had different ideas of how the offense should be run and Carroll wanting it rooted in the, the run identity and Russ being like, no, put the ball in my hand. So I think out here in Denver, that's basically the relationship that Russ and Nate Hackett have cultivated here in the short time they've been together. It's, it's pretty clear that Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator Justin Allen, they're really going to put the, the game plan in Russ's hands. They're going to let him you know, be in charge of a lot of things. They're going to be okay with him going off script and rolling out and you know you saw even in some of these rosters decisions they made at the back end of their right receiver room they had a lot of competition for that final spot but Jalen Virgil an undrafted guy out of Appalachian State made the team and made the team largely because of his wheels he's a really fast guy just like KJ Hamler he can take, take the top off the defense and Nathaniel Hackett pretty much said it straight up he said hey you know Russell wanted some more speed on that wide out core and more speedy gifts. So I think we're already seeing signs of 
it being a different kind of relationship between Russ and Hackett than uh, Russ and Pete Carroll. And of course, you know, as you guys mentioned, the ESPN story came out this week about, you know, the quote unquote drama that led up to uh, the trade in March. And Russell Wilson addressed that today in the Valley. You know, he pretty much took the high road, but he said, yeah, there were a couple times that the Seahawks tried to trade me, including in 2018, uh, right around the draft to Cleveland. So, you know, this is obviously a relationship that was on the rocks before the trade. Russell finds himself, and he, you can tell he's a little re- reinvigorated and a little redetermined uh, to hear, especially after in that story, you know, the Seahawks front office through anonymity basically say, hey, we think this guy is a quarterback in decline. Russell Wilson out to prove that. Otherwise, he say, hey, said, hey, my first 10 years were pretty good, but I still got a lot left to prove. And, and you could sense that kind of that fire from him today on the podium at Doug Valley. You know, you guys have, uh, where they had a heck of a running game last year. I mean, you know, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, you know, both, you know, very, you know, both over 900 yards. What do you, what is this offense going to look like? I mean, we didn't get to see anything in preseason. They've talked about they want to run it. Um, they talk about they want to play action it, um, take some shots downfield. Be honest, it sounds very similar to what the Seahawks have said for the last 10 years. What do you see different about this offense that Russell may transition to from what he was here at Seattle? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point, right? Because he, he, part of the reason he wasn't happy in Seattle, Russ, was because, like I mentioned, you know, Pete Carroll wants to run the rock and establish the identity around running the football. Well, he comes to a franchise, Russell does, where the Denver Broncos, their best seasons, they, their identity has been running the football. I mean, even in the John Elway Super Bowl years, you had Terrell Davis really setting the tone up front with uh, Tom Nalen, Mark Schlerlitz, all those guys, all those hog mollies up front. Well, now coming to Denver, kind of the same thing. You know, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, both over 900 yards last year, as you mentioned, they split carries basically right down the middle. That's not going to be the case this year. Javante Williams will be the bell cow. Melvin Gordon kind of that third down back, featured back role, uh, coming in to spell Williams when, when necessary. And then they got Mike Boone, the third stringer behind those two. So I expect the Broncos to continue to, you know, run the football and establish the run. And it's not, it's not going to be airing it out completely, especially I think at the beginning of the season as, they're trying to still find their offensive identity and rhythm, especially considering no starters basically played in the preseason. So I'll be interested to see how that balance works here through these first few games, the run pass balance, the play action. But one thing's for certain, Javante Williams is the dude this year in the backfield. I'd be very surprised. I'd quite frankly be shocked if he didn't go over the 1,000-yard mark in his second season in Denver. We're talking to Kyle Newman from the Denver Post. Hey, Kyle, man. Um with all the expectation with this offense with Russell coming over, you cannot forget that this is there is a really good defense over there. To start this Monday night football game, do you expect the defense to set the tone, or do you expect them set, the coaches to say, look, Russell, you got the keys to the car. Let's open this thing up and see what happens. I think a little bit of both. I mean, but you're right, man. Like, this Broncos defense, especially with Russell coming to town and all the mania that he brings, I think they're a little underrated. I mean, you look at what they did in Vic Fangio's tenure. It was pretty good. It was pretty decent, especially last year. They ranked third in the NFL in points allowed per game. So you got a lot of pieces coming back from that defense, like Justin Simmons, like Kareem Jackson, anchoring the back end at the safety position. 
but you also got some new pieces that George Payton brought in. Kawan Williams, new nickelback coming in from San Francisco. Also coming over from San Francisco, DJ Jones, who will be should be a force up front. And, guys, I'm looking also for Draymond Jones to break out this year, truly, truly break out. And then uh, on the edges, too, you know, Randy Gregory, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him as a huge free agent addition. Obviously was about to sign with the Cowboys. That fell through. Peyton and co. jumped on it. Now he's in orange and blue, opposite of Bradley Chubb. And I think the Broncos hope Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb can be what Bradley Chubb and Von Miller were for. They hoped for them to be, but injuries over the last few years pretty much derailed that combo. So Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, they, they've got to make some noise. And then, of course, Pat Sertan, he might be the Broncos' best overall player outside of Wilson, I'd say. I mean, he is a, the real deal, second year, and they've got all pro aspirations for him in year two. He is Kyle Newman of the Denver Post. We appreciate you joining us, man. You have a, a good night, and uh, we'll see what happens on Monday. Fellas, thanks a lot. All right, that was Kyle Newman. When we return, we'll talk to tight end Colby Parkinson. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moyer, and now we are going to be joined by Seahawks tight end Colby Parkinson. Colby, what's up, man? Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, We're doing well. You know, the first thing I noticed about you... As you swole, bro. You put on some pounds, man. <laughs> what was your, your off-season regimen like, man? Talk, tell me about the calories, the workout. You changed that body. Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, so I trained down in uh, Northern California with some of my buddies from Stanford. Uh, they're actually all O-linemen. So I was doing uh, some line, lineman lifts in the off-season, trying to put on a little bit of weight so I could uh, come back uh, ready to go for the season. Well, it's more than just the weight. I mean, you know, it's noticeable. People are talking about it. I mean, you're, you're cut. I mean, I'm sure your girlfriend is, is very happy with the transformation <laughs> that, that you've created. But, but tell us more about it. I mean, were you working? Was it the Seahawks from a nutrition standpoint? Were you eating special foods? I mean, how much did you just create calories in, in your diet? But give us some more specifics to that. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I've i always had a very fast metabolism, um, so I have to eat a lot. So my diet usually consists of anything that I can find and eating it. Uh, <laughs> me, and my, uh, me and my buddies, the uh, O-Lyman from Stanford, uh, we would meal prep and just anything we could find, uh, you know, somewhat healthy food, pretty healthy actually. Uh, but just a lot of intake was my uh, my trick. And then uh, the, the lifts we were doing were, were pretty heavy and, uh, pretty volume, uh, a lot of volume in there too. So we were we were getting after it. It was a fun off season, and I got up, I got pretty heavy. I'm back down to about 260, but at one point in the off season, I was I was pushing 270. So the lifts I were remember, working. I, I remember my my third year uh, in the NFL, and I I went through that same kind of workout and. I, I got faster, no question. But more important, I was so much more confident going into the season because oh, yeah. I just felt like I was in a greatest shape. Are, are, are you faster? And, and obviously it sounds like you're more confident going into the season because of it. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with both of those uh, statements. I feel like I'm, I'm the fastest I've ever been right now. Uh, and the confidence has definitely increased because I, I know I can hold my own out there, being a little bit heavier, a little bit stronger. Um, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm... Uh, Establish myself as being able to 
go out there and block well. So the extra weight has definitely helped with that. Colby, what I love about tight ends is that you guys are probably the most versatile guys out there. And I look at the three tight ends that we expect to see. It, you guys are different type of tight ends. You got you, the big right. guy, go, go up and get the rock out the air. You got Uncle Will Dis to do the dirty work. You got Noah Fant, does a little bit of everything. Does the versatility in your play match the personalities? Are you guys different when it comes to your personalities as well? Uh, I think so. We're, we all get along great, but we definitely bring a different dynamic to the room. Uh, Noah's been a great addition, uh, like you mentioned, uh, and I think our, our room is going to be pretty special this year. We all offer a little different things on the field, too, and I think uh, when we're all out there together, um, it can be a pretty fun uh, little dynamic between us. So fun dynamic, that means you can apply pressure on no offense to grow that stash, right, that the Titans are growing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we've been trying. We we have been trying, but he's, uh, he's been resisting. He's buying into Techno Thursday, though, which is great. Uh, we're visiting with Colby Parkinson, tied in for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you don't have to give me the game plan, but do you? <laughs> last year, you know, a lot of three wide receiver sets. Do you expect more two tight end sets in the game? Uh, again, you don't have to give me the game plan, but just going into the season. Um, yeah, I, I think that we'll uh, we'll try to mix it up a little bit. I think we'll uh, be able to marry some of the run and pass game stuff that we're doing, uh, and that can be 11, 12, um, really anything. Uh, I think that the entire playbook is up for us this year, and uh, I really like what Shane's been doing so far in, in camp and preseason, and excited to see it play out on Monday night. Are, are the tight ends interchangeable, or do they have specific game plans for each one of you? I think we all can do anything that they ask us to do. You know, obviously we have different strengths, and uh, like you said, Will's a better blocker, and, and Noah is pretty dynamic, and I kind of fit in somewhere in between. Uh, but if I don't think anyone's going to be worried if one of us is left out there on the field for a certain play. Uh, I think we've all proven that we can handle our own and take care of business. Colby, one of my favorite parts of training camp are the installs, because you kind of get to see where your offensive coordinator is going. When you first saw that install where they had two tight ends in the backfield serving as like blockers for the running back, did you get excited, <laughs> or were you kind of questioning what's going on? No, I love it. I love changing things up and, and, and messing around with it. I think Shane's done a great job with that, um, you know, the creativity part and just trying to get any advantage that we can. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Russell Wilson's coming back into town on Monday. <laughs> oh, um, is that their quarterback? <laughs> yeah, that's their quarterback. And, look, it's going to be electric uh, on Monday. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. Russell's been, been, you know, he's been amazing for 10 years. And, you know, you lose him and the fans, like, it'll be interesting to see the reaction. But is it just another opening Monday night game? And, and how are you guys handling a bit of that distraction with Russell coming back into town? Yeah, obviously the, the fans are going to be pumped up. I think the stadium is going to be absolutely electric, like you said. It's going to be pretty fun to play. Uh, but to us, it's just another game. You know, Pete always talks about every single week is a championship week, and uh, every single game is a championship game. Um, and it doesn't matter who we're playing. There will obviously be a little extra um, talk throughout the week because we're playing Rouse and whatnot. Um, but to us, it doesn't, doesn't change anything. We're, we're going to prepare like we're going out there to win a Super Bowl. Colby, obviously a lot of talk has been about Russell Wilson, but what about your quarterback, Geno Smith? He's going to be under center for you guys. I mean, obviously on the outside looking in, we get to see what he brings to the table. Tell us something about Geno we might not know. Something you might not know about Geno. Uh, 
I don't know if there's anything that you might not know, but what I definitely know about him is that he's he's a stud. I mean, he's definitely taken um, taken the reins and done a great job with it. And you guys saw it last year when he stepped in when Russ got hurt. Uh, I thought he did a great job. I thought we definitely could have won with him. There's just a few things that didn't go our way. And I'm excited for him this year. I think this is a great opportunity for him and a great opportunity for us to, to rally around him and show what we are as an offense. I'm going to ask a little bit because we've been talking about Russell. What is the, I mean, it's been tough because nobody plays really, you know, the starters uh, during preseason anymore. So you don't really know. they got a new coach and staff. But just tell us a little bit about their defense. You know, what, what kind of problems do they possess for you guys? Yeah, I mean, they run a very similar structure to what we run here, actually, uh, with the Vangio descent. Um, so uh, we've been going against our guys, obviously, all, ca- all camp, and um, haven't been able to get a full tell on their personnel because of preseason, like you said. But structure-wise, I think we're going to be very comfortable out there and uh, can anticipate a lot of things that they're going to do. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting out there and taking advantage of that since we've you know, been going against that all camp and preseason. Colby, this is uh, Shane Waldron's second year as the offensive coordinator. Um, do you kind of see where this offense is going? Like the bigger picture, the end of the day, where Shane wants to take this offense, and do you like where it's headed? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm fully believe in Shane as a, a play caller and um, from a scheme standpoint as well. Uh, and looking forward to uh, really getting year two running and um, see where we can take it. I think that there's a uh, uh, a lot of opportunities for us to um, prove that we are a lot better than what we showed last year, and I think he's the right guy to to lead us. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun Sunday or Monday because uh, it's so mo- so many young guys out there. We, you know, we're not sure what to expect yet. So I'm gonna take you away from football. Um, look, you're a Stanford kid. Uh, my good friend Dave Wyman, Stanford guy. Stanford guys are always a little different at times to me. Um, I'm teasing. <laughs> uh, smart guys, but you're Northwest now. What what do you like to do away from football? What keeps you busy? Yeah, I've been loving living up here. Uh, I've always been an outdoors type of guy. So uh, the the hikes around here, the views, the just the scenery that you get from uh, obviously the rain's tough, but the the greenery that it produces is uh, pretty amazing. So uh, blessed to live in such a beautiful place and you know also play football. So when I get away from work, I'm able to just either you know go out with my dog, walk around, and um, I live up up north a little bit so i go to some of the parks around here and um yeah just spending time outdoors is what i like to do all right he is colby parkinson tight in for the seattle seahawks getting ready for a big game on monday colby appreciate you taking time out of your day absolutely thanks so much guys god bless thanks colby yeah he's by the way he is my breakout player of the year breakout yeah, he i just look just watch him look i think he has a skill set that's really unique anyways you can't teach height you watch him run um i think it's just a matter of giving him that opportunity that that confidence but he is my guy that i go he could be a difference maker for us all right you heard it here paul moyer yeah endorsing him yeah hey guys come join us here on thursday nights where you'll have a chance to win gift cards from the bellevue collections dining district tonight they are giving away gift cards to duke seafood Daniels Boiler and Tavern Har. We, uh, we'll take them all right now. So sign up. Make sure you guys are here, man. Come get some of this. All right, coming up next, there's some football going on tonight, Moya. So we will go around the NFL. That's right here on Hawks Live.
Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumps with Paul Moyer. I feel like standing right now for some reason. We're going around the NFL, man. Football is going down tonight. Thursday night football, Moyer. Can, can, like, I'm you're give, more impressed by the sign look, behind us, the huh? Bellevue Collection. We're here in, in Bellevue Square Mall, right in the middle. Come out and see us. This is the best backdrop, the best <laughs> setting we've ever had. And, you know, yeah. And so you tweeted that stuff out, and I said, wow, that, that, that backdrop's unbelievable. Moyer's just happy he got his name on, on the back on the backdrop it, right it there. It is a little small. You know what I'm we, saying? We may have to blow that font up a little bit. <laughs> All right, well, hey, let's go around the NFL, Moyer. Okay. We got Thursday night football going down. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills are beating up Amen. on the Rams right now. Pull up your screen because my screen isn't working right now. I got They're you. Well, beating, it was 24 to, 31 to 10. 31 to 10. The Bills are beating up on the Rams. The Bills' defense has been the highlight, right? Are we standing or I'm going to stand? The, well, Bills, the Bills' defense, right? That's yeah. been the highlight so far coming into the season. People are talking about Josh Allen, MVP candidate. They're talking about this Bills defense. They're saying, look, I've seen many people pick these guys to win the Super Bowl this year. And uh, the only team that I saw that might be able to beat them, honestly, preseason-wise, I'm looking at the, the Rams and saying, okay, these guys have enough talent that could... They could repeat. Hasn't happened in 15 years. I believe the New England Patriots were the last ones to do it. Ain't looking so good so far. You know, I p- part of me, it's it's. Um, I don't know if it's perception. You, you there's a. I talk about this book a lot called Blink, and it's just something you just you, you see something you trust your instincts. It was the way they celebrated their Super Bowl win, and just the way they came into the season. They were giddy about winning the Super Bowl. It wasn't a a bond of blood, sweat, and tears and what we've accomplished and all the hard work. It was almost like they went to Disneyland. Okay. And I just go, I don't know if that's repeatable. You didn't see enough passion. No, I didn't. And look, you, they brought Bobby Wagner in. We love Bobby. I go... I just I, I wanted to see how that would play out. Um, I didn't watch the the whole game, you know. But you know he's leading in tackles again. Um, but they've given up 31 points so far. They've given up 400 yards of offense, and we're still got nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Offensively, they've been held to 156 yards. Um, look, it's tough to repeat. And that emotion, you know, they may struggle at the beginning of the year. They, they have the talent to get it back, but this is an awesome start for the Seahawks. All right, so now let's focus on the NFC West specifically. Now, you got, obviously, we talked about the Rams, see if they can repeat. Something's going on in the Bay Area, them 49ers, right? Trey Lance is the starting quarterback now. They tried to ship off Jimmy Garoppolo. They were like, look, $25 million a year? I ain't taking that. No one's taking that. So they go, look, all right, Jimmy, come back. All right, we'll pay you $6 million a year. You can be our number two. What I think they're doing, Paul Moore, they're going to wait until halfway through the season. Guys get hurt. Guys get banged up. And then they're going to use them for Trey Bay. But it, it's kind of weird to have Jimmy just hanging around. You know, they even had him practicing on a different field at one point than Trey Lance. They wouldn't even let him near the guy, but he's on the squad. Well, the rumors is Trey wasn't real happy that Garoppolo came back. Would you be? Well, if I was confident in myself, and okay. I believed I was truly the number one, okay, I'd be fine with it if I had a great relationship with him. Um, and, again, those are rumors, right? It's hearsay along the way. They brought Garoppolo back because they don't trust Lance yet. And they said, here, here's the deal. Now, would I play for $7 million? No, but that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you play for three. Backup. You play for three. <laughs> yeah, I'd play, play, for, uh, play for a mill. Um, 
This is why, again, the NFC West is still wide open to me. The Rams, it's hard to repeat. Yeah. You know, emotionally, it's just hard. They, they've gotten older. Um, they're not deep because of their salary cap. So any of their starters that get injured, I mean, I think they've got an issue. I mean, their left tackle struggled tonight. Um, you know, we know they got Aaron Donald, who's amazing, and they got Cooper Cup, who's who's the best receiver in the league. Uh, you brought that up a couple years ago ahead Thank of you, everybody sir. else. Thank you, sir. Um, but now you got the 49ers who have talent. I mean, they have talent. They got a running game. They got unique wide receivers. They got a great defense. But they're in the same boat as us. So think about this for a minute. If we had Trey Lance, would the Seahawks be thought of as a Super Bowl contender? No, but, but I don't 49ers think so. I don't are. think so. That is weird to me. Because they're proven. Oh, proven at what? They're proven on defense. They've proven yeah. they have an offensive scheme That's that fair. works. That's fair. And I feel like that offensive scheme fits a more mobile quarterback like Trey Lance. Their, their coach, Shanahan, is under 500 as a head coach with the 49ers. They've had one year. I, I don't know, man. I'm just not I've a believer. had a couple. That a couple. The well, last I'm two have saying. been good. I, I, okay. Um, and then Arizona. We know Arizona. Yeah. I mean, Arizona, I don't know. Arizona could go 16-1, and one, or they could go 6-11. and 11. Uh, You know, so I just think it's all over the board. I think if the Hawks can just stay in it early, because I think it's going to be a battle at the beginning just to get this team rolling. Um, the schedule's tough. We play the AFC West, the NFC West. I mean, it's a tough schedule. But I, I just, I don't know. I just think we're going to be better than people think. All right, let's go outside the NFC West now. The matchup I'm looking forward to watching the most, other than, of course, the Monday Night Football Showdown, would have to be, to me, yeah. The Browns versus the Panthers. I'm all about drama. Really? I'm all about the drama, man. That's drama. You know, you got you got Baker Mayfield coming back. He had a quote that slipped. He said he's going to do something in particular to his former team. And uh, I just like the drama. Deshaun Watt, you know, what, what's, yeah. Jacoby, what's Jacoby going to look like? What's that offense going to look like? You still got Nick Chubb over there. You look at the Panthers and their offense. They got DJ Moore, uh, Christian McCaffrey having shin issues. If you picked him on your fantasy team, Good luck. Hold on to him. He's he's been off for for a little bit. I just like the drama, and and I really want to see can Baker Mayfield go somewhere else and produce. Yeah, two lousy organizations playing against each other in the opener. <laughs> but I I agree. It is a good drama. It's kind of like Russell Wilson coming back. The one thing about the NFL, man, they know how to create yes, an atmosphere. Man, it's, it, there's that's there's nothing like it out there. It's why they dominate in ratings, and everybody can't wait for football to come back. Um, yeah, I think it's just a wide-open year. I mean, Tampa Bay, we don't know what's going to go on there. I mean, Tom Brady's missed camp. I mean, who knows what that whole situation is. They're older as well. I mean, they lose Gronk. I think defensively they still have a pretty good nucleus. And with Tom Brady, you never count that out. But you just look at the NFC, NFC right now. I mean, Tampa Bay to me is a question mark. We're looking at the Rams just getting annihilated yeah. at home. I mean, that's... That says something to me, yeah. right? And, again, I, the rest of the West that I talked about, I don't think there's just a major player out there. Uh, and that's why I think this, this year is going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, it's going to be fun. Another matchup I'm looking at right now, Moyer. Which one? Raiders versus the Chargers. Uh, that's going to be a goal. I want to see Devontae Adams in his offense. You got Darren Waller over there at tight end. You got Hunter Riffro in the slot down there. You got Josh Jacobs in the backfield. I mean, you look at the Raiders on paper, they look like one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Well, we'll find out. You know, you, you think of three examples here. Um, we'll find out is it Devontae Adams or was it Aaron Rodgers? All <laughs> right. And I, I look, I think Devontae Adams is, is amazing. But you're going to find you can be amazing with an amazing quarterback. 
you can be just really good when you don't. And I, I look, I think Carr is very good as well. Aaron Rodgers is another stratosphere. I think about when Tom Brady left. Was it Tom or was it Belichick? Well, guess what? It was, it was Tom. And now we're going to find out Monday night. Was it the offensive line, all the sacks, or was it Russell Wilson? And uh, I, we're going to find out. I'm not even going to comment on that. Lots of questions will be answered, and when we return, we'll be joined by the number nine pick in the draft this year, Charles Cross. That's next right here on Hawks Live.